What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Fulfillment Podcast, where we help discover a better you by finding fulfillment in life, relationships, and finance. I'm your host, Josh, and in this episode, we're going to talk about why you're single and how to find love. I know we talk about this a few times, but this one's going to be a little bit more in-depth in terms of methods. I've got two pages worth of show notes, which is not the typical. Usually, it's only a page or a half a page, but this one's got two pages worth, so I know I've definitely sat down and wanted to be super deliberate about how in-depth this one's going to go and all the little talking points that I want to touch on. If you're in a relationship, don't turn it off. Don't turn around and start doing something else. Like This is definitely going to talk about a lot of things that go in-depth in terms of what happens in a relationship and how we can look to improve relationships that we're already in. Um, there's a lot of discontent and I think that when we do get in relationships, sometimes we aren't necessarily happy and we have a lot of questions that we ask ourselves. So what this is trying to cover, what I want to do is I want to make sure we touch on all these different points for doing, obviously it's these episodes I told you guys are all about stuff that I listen to, things that are on my mind, um, on the regular, right? The things that I'm kind of thinking about at the time. So this is just a lot of stuff that I've been thinking about lately and how I can kind of get out there and help the people that are obviously asking for the advice but but share it to a, a broader audience right because i think if we if one of us has a problem everybody's got the same problem right there's more cha- there's a chance that somebody else there's more people out there that have the same issue or have the same questions so i want to put this together and what i did was i tried to put down everything so if it goes a little long you'll know why but there's a substantial amount here that i want to cover so i think let's let's just get started and then we'll go from there all right so one of the biggest things that i get asked and the biggest questions is when you talk about love and you talk about a relationship and you talk about finding somebody or meeting somebody, um, does it take a long time to be able to recognize that? Or is that something that you should just, you kind of, you should kind of just know right off the bat, you should be able to recognize. And it's kind of an interesting question because I do actually have a really strong opinion on this and what I feel. I think, and I've talked about this before, but door theory, I think answers this question perfectly. Door theory is the initial, as soon as you see somebody, you open that door, you swing the door open, you're both standing on two sides of the door, one person opens the door. As soon as you see that person, as soon as you see that girl on the other side of the door, or the guy, whoever whoever you are looking at, whatever, um, as soon as you see them on the other side, you're either attracted or you're not. There is a connection that is formed or there isn't. There is something that is there that you can't speak of. It's almost like uh, the two spirits or the two souls recognize each other and things are going to work fluidly or they will not. Um, and that's called connection. Connection is one of the most important things you can have in a relationship. But connection is either there or it isn't. It's like energy. It either exists or it doesn't. You can't destroy it. You can't get rid of it. It's it's something that is present or, or it's not present in the relationship. It can't be created or destroyed. Okay, If that, that makes any sense, it, it cannot... You can't make connection in a relationship, but you can't remove connection in a relationship either. It's there on the spot instantly. And it kind of goes into what door theory explains of how when you first open the door and you see somebody, you either have that connection there and that initial, you know, we're, we're where we're supposed to be together kind of reaction or you don't. And you'll know that right away. It's, it's one of those gut feelings that you have, right? That's kind of your spirit telling you, that's your subconscious telling you that, you have that thing there that something is real and it it's reacting on a different level okay it's an it's an instant knowledge if you go against that that's your personal conscious that is going against those feelings so you know that i think right away it does not take a long time to know it there should be some sort of instant connection that occurs with somebody that you actually like with somebody you love 
right? You hear about people all the time talking about how they're like, uh, oh yeah, I fell in love. You know, like I knew I loved him or I knew I was going to marry him, you know, six months in or two months in or something like that, right? Something to where they're like, oh yeah, down the road, I figured it out and that's who I wanted to be with. Well, I got some news. That's not learning. That's not loving somebody. That's called learning to tolerate somebody. You're kind of making up these excuses and you're making these justifications in your head on how you're going to talk to your friends and your family and your coworkers and all these people about this person in your life. They may have all the different things, right? They, they may be super compatible with you because you have all these hobbies together. You may have great chemistry. You get along. You can jab at each other. But, but maybe you don't feel that instant connection. And that's kind of what's sitting in the back of your mind as an issue. But you learn to get over that as time goes on. And you learn to tolerate that. And you kind of make up these little excuses for yourself. And you kind of get past that. And that's called learning to tolerate somebody, not learning to not loving them right? You're not loving that kind of person. You're just tolerating them. And that ultimately builds discontent. And down the road, that leads to a lot of issues, right? It can lead to cheating or an affair or, you know, um, someone running off with somebody, you know, just, it can lead to a lot of problems. And we, I think we know that and we can recognize that, but sometimes it's hard for us to be able to walk away from somebody, especially if family or friends or coworkers or stuff like that, they approve of this person. They think we're a great fit because maybe we're super compatible together. We have a lot of the same hobbies. We share a lot of the same interests, but maybe we just don't have that connection, but we learn to somehow get over that because of the influence that we have from everybody around us. So learning to appreciate the person for who they are and not for all of these kind of external factors that influence the way we feel can really prevent a lot of problems as the relationship gets down the road. And that's kind of one of the biggest first points that I definitely wanted to touch on. Now, leading from that, it leads into what is connection, what is chemistry, and what is compatibility? The connection versus chemistry versus compatibility argument. And as we kind of already explained, connection, if you have felt love with somebody, right? If you have felt that kind of natural connection that is easy, that is effortless, there's nothing that goes into it, it's not forced or anything, that easy relationship with somebody, that's the connection that I'm talking about. It's, it's either there, it's not. It can't be trained, it can't be learned. It's just that natural draw that you have to another person. You can run from it if you're not ready for it, right? You can be scared of it, but it's always gonna be there. Connection is that kind of that feeling where if you have connection with somebody, you can essentially pick up and leave for years on end, you know, two, three, four years, and then come back together and pick right up where you left off. You have that instant connection. There's nothing missing. There's no gap. There's no change. If you don't have the connection, then there's going to be some sort of catching up period. There's going to be some, well, there's going to be catching up no matter what, but there's going to be some sort of like, hey, you pissed me off. Hey, let's rehash this. Hey, I'm not proud of that. Like there's going to be some sort of like you did me wrong kind of thing. And we kind of have to get over some stuff uh, before we get there. Whereas if you have the connection, you almost are like, boom, friendship, it's easy, or relationship, it's easy. Like it's that natural, really easy way to go about things. Your chemistry, chemistry is the ability of two people to really just get along. The ability of people, I just hit this mic and it in my ears is super loud. So so I apologize if that goes that same way in the the recording, I'll try and dub it out. But um, let's get back. So chemistry, chemistry is the ability of two people to get along. Um, if you think about it like sports teams and roommates, that's kind of like a perfect example of having chemistry. You can get along, you can share same space, you can achieve a common goal, right? People in the workplace, 
um, share chemistry. A lot of times you can, you know, hire somebody to come in and build some team building experiences so that you can build chemistry as an office and you can, you know, kind of work and achieve more productivity or something in your, in your office. Um, so that's kind of chemistry. So chemistry can exist. Um, but if the connection does not exist, it's a lot harder. The, the chemistry won't exist either. Um, but if chem, if the connection does exist, then chemistry will most likely be able to follow. Chemistry can be built. It can be taught. It can be learned. It can grow. Connection is something that needs to be established prior to. Um, and when we're talking in a relationship or something, since you can't have that before compatibility. Now the third piece of that connection, chemistry and compatibility, compatibility is the interests and the activities and the hobbies and stuff that you share. So if you have, um, like different things that you guys do together, if you go hiking, if you go snowboarding, if you go mountain climbing, if you go rock climbing, if you go, um, painting, if you go, you know, listen to different music and stuff, that's kind of having a compatibility to where you can look good on paper. If you think about, um, matchmakers and stuff like that and friends and all that, what they're going to be using most of the time is they're going to be using some sort of compatibility where they're like, Hey, you guys have a lot of things in common. I think you guys would really get along. This would be a good match for you. Um, a lot of times our friends like to think that, and when we can think about people that we're friends with, right? When we try and set somebody up, you try and move a little bit from the compatibility. Cause that's always the baseline that you look at into more chemistry, but you can't look at the compatibility. You can't look at that connection piece. You can look at compatibility and you can try and build a chemistry. You can try and figure out if two people have, um, like these two, these, the ability kind of to get along, right? If they, if you think they would connect well, we usually, I don't want to blur the line between connection and chemistry, but we try and think if they can connect and if they'll have like these similar interests that'll bring them together. But a lot of times we can't determine the connection and that's where you and the other individual will be the only two that really be able to notice that. Um, can friends and stuff notice if you have a connection? Yeah, absolutely. They can absolutely tell if there's a connection or not, but they cannot create the chemistry or the compatibility piece. And that's what a lot of like matchmakers and people like that try and do. So it, it's really interesting to understand connection, the chemistry and compatibility because connection is the most important piece. It either exists or it doesn't. And if you think about anybody that you've actually loved in your life, right? Be it this person you're with, the spouse or the partner that you're with right now, or somebody else, you either have it or you don't. And if you don't, it's usually going to lead to problems down the road. If you try and suppress it, or if you don't try and suppress it, you're always going to, chances are, be thinking about somebody else. Now with the chemistry and compatibility, those two can be built. Those two can be learned, they can be taught, they can kind of grow as things go, right? There may be things that I like to do that maybe let's say my partner doesn't like to do. But down the road, right, we can kind of blend and merge and come up with these like cool new ideas of things that we like to do together. So there's definitely a compatibility piece that is important to have, but it can be grow. It can grow as time goes on. Um, that's, it's just, it's really important to understand. I, we have to know that connection is that foundational piece that comes to a strong relationship. And when I say strong relationship, I'm specifically talking about having a genuine connection with somebody like somebody where you feel like the universe has put you two together and you guys were meant to be together and everything is just natural. It is easy and it is fluid. And that is having a connection. How do you know, right? So this is what happens. <laughs> they, they ask, um, a lot of things that I've been asked is how do you know if you can have a connection with somebody or how do you know that 
you have healed from somebody who you thought you had a connection with previously, but uh, th- that connection's kind of like getting in the way as you go forward, right? And that's a very, very, very interesting question because that's something that I personally have dealt with um, very intensely in my life, right? I talked about that first relationship I had as soon as I got um, as soon as I got out of the divorce, right? As soon as I got out of the divorce, I, I met this girl and I had uh, an incredible connection with her, and it was very, very strong, but the relationship did not work out. Now, at the same time, I think that the relationship didn't work out because I wasn't where I needed to be, right? I I was not healed. Now, I I do think there is a piece of that where she was not healed as well, and she had to figure that out, and I think she was going through a little bit of that self-discovery at the same time. But in order for us to really get to where we needed to be, we couldn't be together. There's just no way that it was going to work out because you're not going to heal appropriately. You're not going to do the things you need to do in order to get yourself to the place you need to be if you have somebody else attached with you. But in terms of letting go of that connection, I have a very foundational rule, and that is you do not get into a relationship unless they surpass the previously best connection that you've had with someone. So for example, if I am with somebody, right, or I am talking to somebody, and I cannot that this relationship or this connection is not better than what I had with that previous person, right, so that we'll, we'll call that the first relationship, when I got into that second relationship, the connection was not better than it was the first time. And that's what led to this like subconscious gap that I felt constantly in the back of my mind. And I was never able to kind of get past it and get over it. I didn't know this at the time, right? I didn't know about any of this stuff, but this was part of that self-discovery that I needed to spend time to heal, to be on my own so that I wouldn't be in these relationships that were not more fulfilling than the previous connection that I've had. I needed to be able to wait when you when you heal yourself you're able to wait and find that person that's better for you if you don't heal then you'll fall into any relationship and you'll keep suffering kind of the same pain over and over again so it's important that 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 rule i think is so important because you have to be able to wait for the person that is right for you and if you don't it's going to lead to a lot of pain not just for you but for the other person as well there's a um uh, kind of like uh, an example I heard used was like, um, it's almost like you have filet mignon, like you get a nice, just nice, good steak, like this filet mignon. And all of a sudden after the filet mignon, then you go to spam, you get spam. And you're like, oh, what the heck, right? This prepackaged meat that's just super salty. And everybody from Hawaii that I know absolutely loves this stuff. But this spam is just terrible, right? So you go to this like high quality, awesome first class, like grated meat. And then you go to spam. This just like bottom of the line, you know, bottom shelf type stuff. And you kind of have this unfulfilled feeling when you have it, right? You, you, you get to a point where you're like, man, like the spam is terrible. I know that there's something better out there. I don't feel fulfilled with this. I don't feel like this, this spam is what I want for the rest of my life because I've had the filet mignon and I know what's out there and I know it's better. So then you're always going to be thinking about the filet mignon. So you're never going to get over that until you've had something better, right? Until you have a stronger connection with somebody else. And I thought that was just like a cool, really cool uh, example that I heard because it absolutely explains that whole concept just in the most simplest form. But they definitely have to surpass. When you get in a relationship with someone new, it has to surpass the previous best connection that you've ever had with somebody. And if it doesn't, you're going to fill that gap. You're going to feel that there is a missing connection or a missing link in everything. The more I would say, I would even venture to say that the majority of people, especially majority of people, 
possibly that are even listening to this, right? You guys ask yourselves and really are honest with yourselves. The majority of people are not with whoever they have the strongest feelings for. They are with somebody else that they feel like they settle for at some degree on some level that they do not have the connection with. Now, if you do, if you are somebody that does have, you're with the person that you have the strongest, you've had the strongest connection with and throughout your life, then great. Like, that's awesome. Then you have found that person you were meant to be with. You have found that happy relationship that you don't even have concerns or thoughts or anything of anybody else, and you're with exactly who you want to be. That's awesome. And that's super rare, right? That's really, really rare to find because a lot of people learn to tolerate the person that they're married to or the person that they're in a relationship with. They learn to tolerate the person, and that just leads to unhappiness. There's a lot of discontent in that, and that's, if you ask me, that's what my marriage was. It was not the person that I was meant to be with. It was somebody that I settled for, and it led to a lot of resentment, right? It built this discontent in the relationship that down the road caused problems, and it was very, very painful, right? And we don't want that. I, I would never wish that on anybody. It's, it's a very, very painful experience to go through. Do I think you learn a lot? Yeah, but that's a total like side tangent. I don't think you should do that. <laughs> if we're looking at it, right, you should never just do that anyway just to learn a lesson like no don't waste years of your life and someone else's just to learn a lesson or go through some sort of hard heartbreak that's a really dumb idea save yourself do the self-healing that's required and be with somebody that has that incredible connection with you right have that beautiful connection between the two of you now how do you get to the point where and i briefly mentioned this earlier but how do you get to the point where you know that you can wait for the person that you've had this connection for or that you want to have a stronger connection for right like how would i how would i get past relationship one um if i wanted to find somebody better right you have to find somebody that's more fulfilling than somebody that has a stronger connection so how do you do that well you don't jump into the next relationship that presents itself you have to learn to heal because by healing you will become comfortable enough being alone that you are willing to wait for somebody that has that stronger connection. Does that make sense? It's really cool to think about. And it, it's awesome because when you realize it, it gives you a lot of hope. It gives you a lot of promise. and gives you a lot of realization that there's, there's a way that you can do it and you can get there. You just have to understand. Now, what does it mean to heal? How do you heal? Well, some really, there's, there, I've like made a whole freaking list, I think, of all these different ways that you can heal on here. But healing really is understanding who you are and being confident with who you are yourself. Okay. If you had to test yourself with where you're at right now and the relationship you're in right now, if the previous person came back to you and said all the right things, right? She said everything that you wanted her to, to say, and I'm sorry, and I want to be with you, and all this stuff, right? And, um, you know, I, I can't stop thinking about you. And these are the things that, you know, you've been on my mind. You're in my dreams and like all this stuff, right? She said all the right things. Would you go back? Would you feel this sort of, if you're in a relationship right now, would you feel some sort of confusion with whoever you're with right now? Would you be conflicted? And that's a quick test of telling you if you've healed or not past those relationships. If you're with the person that has a that you have a stronger connection with or did you kind of settle for somebody that you necessarily don't have a strong connection with when you're in a happy relationship and somebody does that and comes up to you right if 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 that girl were to come up to me and i were in a happy relationship right now somebody that i had a stronger connection with i'd be like get out of here right you could easily tell the person to get out you'd be like get out of here like i don't i don't need you in my life anymore like i don't want that i'm with somebody that's actually better 
Like, thank you very much. Goodbye. I'm, I'm better with off you or I'm better off without you, right? You can dismiss them, but you can't do that if you haven't healed properly. So what are some ways let's talk about what are some ways that you can heal? So there's, there's six kind of like self love practices that uh, we can go through and they're a little bit different maybe than you would normally think. Okay. So they're not, they're not the typical uh, things that you open a book and find. Um, so the first one, the first one eating, right? You have to learn to just like consume the proper amount of foods. I get it. Like ice cream's good. And we love to sit down on the couch and mow through a whole half gallon of, uh, of ice cream, but it's not the best thing for us. Right. And we know that in the back of our mind. And when we're doing something that we know is going directly against what we're trying to achieve, it leads us down the kind of this like depression road. It leads us to this self-esteem destructive path that we don't want to be taken. And that's not what we need to be doing in order to self-love, right? In order to get ourselves into a mental state to where we're moving in the right direction and we're improving ourselves, we have to be doing things that improve us. And part of that is nutrition. Part of that is eating properly and putting the right fuel in our body so that we know we're doing the best we can. For me, what does that mean? Well, for me, going to the gym and doing stuff like that requires proper nutrition because if you're not doing that, you're not going to grow. So a big part for me was consuming enough food, consuming the healthy type of food, and then also like protein and waking up on time and all those little things, right? So nutrition is a very, very important part because it fuels a lot of other things you do. It, it gives you the energy you need through the day. It deals with lethargicness. It deals with um, the way you perceive things, right? It starts getting into your head. So I, I really think that putting the, the proper food in your body is super, super important. And that's definitely something that I, I think a lot of people struggle with. So first one, eating right. The second one, I already kind of mentioned it, getting to the gym, improving your physical appearance. It's absolutely monumental to your self-esteem because you're putting yourself in a state where you're trying to improve. And if you're not improving and you're getting fatter or you're slowing down or you're doing things that kind of bother you, right, about who you are and you can't look at yourself in the mirror, well, you're going to also be going down this depression road, right? And you're going to be giving yourself, you're going to be taking these like little victories that you could be having, and you're going to be taking these like minor losses and these little losses build up day after day after day. When you get in a routine, um, there's a thing called 75 hard. I think my cousin did it and a few other, my little sister did a 75 hard. And it's really cool because it, it combines the two of eating right and going to the gym and building a habit of doing these things constantly. I think it's like 29 days or something builds a 29 days of a repeated action builds a habit. So if you do something for like a month straight every single day, then you'll build this like habit that you get into to where it'll almost be hard to break it. It'll be difficult for you. You'll be like, oh, I kind of, I need this thing. No matter what that is, right? If it's bad or good for you, you'll build a habit on whatever it is that you're doing. So going to the gym, this 75 heart is built around that same concept of building healthy habits in your life. It's like 75 days of just like a cleanse. So you only eat healthy food, you don't drink alcohol, you go to bed on time, uh, you wake up early, and you go to the gym 75 days in a row. You do, I think it's at least a 45-minute workout. It might even be two 45-minute workouts a day, which is fucking insane. But, hey, I love it. Like, if you can fucking crush it for 45 minutes, then go for it. Me, personally, I like to swim. I think swimming for 45 minutes is going to kill you, especially if you do it twice. <laughs> you know? I'm not going to say it's going to kill you, but fuck, like, that's a lot of fucking swimming. Um, but you can combine that with all sorts of things. So I think one of the workouts in the day is supposed to be cardio, and then one is supposed to be weights. So it's it's a very good way of breaking it up. You can do your morning cardio, and then you can do weights in the afternoon, or vice versa. But um, that whole concept of getting to the gym and improving yourself and building these healthy habits is definitely monumental in, in terms of looking at yourself and being happy with who you are and 
becoming the person, right? I say all the time, you attract what you are, not what you want. So by doing something like this, right? By doing a 75 hard, you become that person that you're trying to attract, right? I personally like people that are fit. I like girls, not people, but girls. I like females. If I'm going to be with somebody, I like somebody that's fit, that's uh, active, doesn't have to be a bodybuilder or anything by any means. That's almost the, the wrong direction, but somebody that likes to do activities and be active and have some sort of uh, routine in her day, right? Somebody that can do the the tiny things and have that kind of like little self-discipline. That's very important to me. So if that's important to me and I want that in someone else, I should probably be doing the same thing because if I do that, then I'm going to surround myself with the people that do that. And that's going to guess what? Increase your chances of running into somebody that does those things that you want. It's crazy once you figure this out, but that's how this whole thing works. You start becoming the person that you want to attract, and then you start in surrounding yourself around these people, and that increases your chances of finding that same person. If you have enough high enough self-worth, you'll turn down the people that aren't right, and you'll find somebody that is. So that's the second point, getting to the gym. The third one, get the proper amount of sleep. Right? I touched I touched on it a little bit, the 75 hard. Get to bed early and wake up early. So it's about maximizing your productive hours during the day and being as vigilant as possible during each day as you go. So for me, right, I feel, um, I feel lethargic or I feel unaccomplished if I wake up at any point past 9 a.m. Uh, I feel okay if I'm up around 8 or so, but if I'm awake at, we'll say, 6.30, 7 o'clock, that's kind of like my peak window for me personally. 6.30, 7 o'clock, if I can wake up then, and uh, I haven't been drinking coffee yet, but I just bought a coffee pot, so we'll see if that becomes a thing. Um, but I usually drink a tea or you know make a smoothie or something, and then I'll usually sit down and read a book or listen to some music or something first thing in the morning. And that's kind of like my routine. And if I do that, if I do that on time, it puts myself in a good mental state. It makes me feel like I'm up on time. It makes me feel like I'm out ahead of the day. Um, it gives me a couple hours to get things done, make notes and stuff for the day, and then to get to the gym. So... Getting the proper amount of sleep can really, really, really change things. And how do you get to bed early if you have all this work and then you come home and you just want time to unwind? Well, take your unwinding time as the first thing you do in the day. Set yourself up for success right away. If you have to wake up and go to work and leave at 5.30, wake yourself up at 5. Wake yourself up at 4.30. But go to sleep sooner. Sacrifice those reality TV shows late at night, right? Give up on that Bachelor episode and just record it on Hulu and you know take that you know whatever 45 bucks or something you have to spend to get hulu live so you can record the damn episodes and build a better like lifestyle for yourself than trying to stay up late at night so you can watch the damn episode live and then get smoked through the rest of the day because you wake up late and you're super lethargic because you go to sleep late right it's all about the concept and the way we look at things because i know a lot of people probably telling me right now but josh i wake up at four o'clock i wake up at four thirty. i wake up at five o'clock like got it Go to sleep earlier, give yourself that time in the morning so that you can prepare yourself for the way the rest of the day is going to go. You need you need that time so that you can focus. You need that time so that you can kind of charge yourself up and be ready and be prepared for the rest of the day. And, and then here's the thing too. I'm not good at this. This is not like, this isn't advice that I'm giving you that I'm perfect at because this is very, very difficult for me too. I was in the army forever. And I would always wake up at the ass crack of dawn before everybody else. The roads were empty. And I trust me, I got it. Like, I know the early morning workout routine and wake up life. And it's not easy. 
now that I don't have to do that, I love sleeping in, right? I love the concept of I can wake up at eight o'clock. Like this is awesome. But I do like getting up earlier and I like doing that and it can be achieved. So don't get these excuses in your head that you can't wake up early enough to do like meditation or things like that to center yourself and spend that time and still feel recharged and refreshed. You can, you just have to prioritize what's more important to you. A good start to the day so that you feel prepared or that late night, whatever you're watching. So you get in your head and you can't fall asleep because now that's what's on your mind when you go to bed at night, right? You just have to think about what the priorities are. You have to be able to prioritize that. And a lot of times that's getting to bed earlier. Okay, so that's the third part. The fourth one, right? The fourth self-love practice. Meditate, focus. Meditate and focus your mind. Find that time that's important to you and set it aside and be very diligent on focusing yourself and centering yourself because this, this honestly could be a whole episode on its own. But there's a really cool practice of if you understand the whole ability to put yourself in a mind, in a presence, in a state of uh, gratitude, right? I always say when I meditate, I try and focus, right? So it's all about meditation and prayer is all about focusing on something, right? Eliminating distractions and honing your mind in on like one specific thing so you can focus, right? It's all about eliminating distractions and clearing the clutter that's going on, clearing the fog that's going on in your head. And how do you do that? Well, you focus. How do you focus? Well, one quick thing that I like to do is there's three different things I like to do. I like to think about what you have, the, the things you can be grateful for that you have in your life that you have accomplished. Think of all the amazing and wonderful things that you have accomplished that you almost thought one day you would never have or you would never even dreamt of when you were you know five or six years old. Think of all the things that you've accomplished in your day. A second way to be grateful is Find the things that you're good at. I love playing volleyball. I like swimming. I am good at running and rucking and, you know, climbing and stuff like that. I like those things and I'm very good at those things. So those are things that I find to be grateful for. And everybody has their own specific things, right? Maybe you're really good at volleyball. Maybe you're really good at Frisbee. Maybe you're really good at math. Maybe you're really good with numbers. Maybe you're really good with with money and statistics and um, feeling people, right? Maybe you're awesome at understanding the way people think, right? Just find the things that you're really, really good at and and focus on those things and be appreciative of how those things have helped different people in your life or how you have used them for good in your life. And then the third way to feel grateful when you're meditating or praying is finding the instances in your life that have been hard or the bad times in your life and what good has come out of it, right? So like for, for example, for me, I always go back and I'm very appreciative of the marriage that I had and the divorce that followed and the lessons that I learned, the people that I met, the relationships that followed that divorce and how good all of that has been since then, right? Where it has gotten me and all the things that it's been able to bring for me. Those are the things that I kind of think in the back of my mind. And those are the things that I'm grateful for. So when, when you come to focus yourself, right? And you, you bring yourself to the center and you got all these things going on in your head. You got social media, you got negative comments, you got all these you know chat sections, you got the negative boss that you're about to go see for the rest of your day. You got coworkers, you got employees, you got family, you have friends, you have negative influence from all over the place, right? And you got all this stuff going on in your head. Think about trying to eliminate that and coming down and focusing yourself, right? You're creating this environment that's going to put you in a positive or negative state. And when you do that, when you can focus on these things, using those three steps, right? using the, the talents and gifts you have, the things that you have and have accomplished, and then the negative events that have actually been very positive and the lessons you've learned. When you can focus on those things, you focus your mind. And when you do that, you can, again, you're focusing on gratitude, so you're focusing on positivity. 
and you're shifting your mind away from all the negativity and everything else and just tell yourself, ignore that, right? This is not helping anybody. It's not going to be a discussion I'm going to have with anybody. I'm not going to talk about that stuff. Ignore those thoughts and those presences and focus yourself on the gratitude and all the, the positive and then watch how you'll slowly shift your mind, right? You'll learn how to be able to control almost like your state of mind. And that's a huge thing when it comes to self-love, when you can learn that you are very powerful powerful yourself and you don't need other people to make you happy. You, you can put yourself in your own presence of mind. You don't need someone else to do it for you. And that's like the fourth thing. That's a really big one that I have learned to love and, and really helped me grow. The fifth one, you got to do things you love. You got to get out there and just fucking have fun sometimes. Um, for me, I, uh, I got in a motorcycle accident before I uh, deployed the second, the last time I deployed, but I loved getting out and riding my motorcycle. And I've kind of really missed that, especially this whole summer during COVID. It'd be a perfect time to get out and just ride. But uh, I, my bike's been in, in shambles and it's been a mess. And I really need to just get it into the shop to somebody that can actually fix it and do the repairs to it. And uh, I put it off, put it off. And I finally told myself, I'm like, you know what? I miss riding and I want to ride. And that's what I did. I just want to ride. I, uh, I, I took my bike, I got it out of storage and I, I took it over to the shop and now it's in the shop getting repaired. So when that comes back out, that's a huge self-love thing for me, doing something I love. I just, I love the escape, putting in some music and just going for a ride. And I haven't really done it here in Colorado. So I'm very excited to once it gets fixed, just go for some rides in the mountain. And it's just, it's so rewarding and relaxing and peaceful. Um, so find things like that, that do that kind of same thing, that have that same effect for you. Find those things and do them. Maybe it's going swimming. Uh, maybe it's getting a massage. Maybe it's getting your nails done or your hair done or whatever uh, girls do. Uh, maybe it's traveling and going to see friends and family and stuff that you don't really get to see all the time. You know, making sure you set up time, you know, every month or every other month to go see people that you haven't seen in a long time. Uh, maybe it's going to the beach. I love being around rot water, making up words now. <laughs> no, I love being around water and the beach and just like the beach environment and all that kind of stuff. I personally love that. So I would love to go find places where I can either go to some reservoirs here in Colorado or go back in Michigan and buy, you know, a $300 plane ticket, which is not much, and just go spend a week at an Airbnb sitting on the beach and change your mindset, right? And do these things that change your mind and put you in this positive state and help you become more productive. And that's a huge way of self-care. So find something that you love, right? Number five, do things that you love to do. Do things that excite you and make you happy and, and, and find time, be very dedicated about the amount of time that you spend towards that, right? Be diligent and be direct about scheduling something so that you can do it because you enjoy doing those things. I, I, I believe it or not, I've added massages every other week. I go and get a massage I get a two hour massage every other week. And that's just like, fuck it, you know, self-love thing. I love physical touch. It's important to me. I love getting like my head rubbed and stuff and it's just, it puts me to sleep. So why not go do that every other week, right? Why not to go, now that I'm going to the gym all the time, I'm always sore. So it's these deep, deep tissues massages just absolutely wreck you, but you feel amazing after. So why not go do that, right? This is another thing that self-love falls right into. I know girls love going and getting their pedicures and manicures and all that stuff. So go do it, right? Go do these little things that you love to do. Go spend the time doing these fun things that excite you. That's number five. And the sixth one, the last one, create boundaries for yourself in life. Be able to tell people no. When you do that, when you can tell, when you can tell people no, right? When you can tell friends, family, coworkers, bosses, you know, whatever. When you can tell them no, you, sell, you set a boundary 
for yourself between you and them. You tell them, no, this is my level of self-worth. I cannot accomplish that. I am not going to put additional stress on my plate to do those things that you want me to do, right? It's not selfish by any means. Do not feel if you are somebody that loves to help people and loves to go out of your way and loves to do the right thing, do not feel that that is a selfish thing for you to do. That is the most selfless thing that you can do for you and for them because that means you are giving your energy where your energy is needed. You are not dividing yourself and you are not spreading yourself too thin. You are keeping yourself very direct and very to the point about where it is you need to be spending your energy and what your priorities are. Setting priorities is a huge component to maintaining happiness and maintaining peace in your life. So make sure you do that, right? And you can do that by creating boundaries and being able to tell people no. Do not be afraid of telling people no. Don't be afraid. So those are those are kind of the six. When we talk about healing and how to find self-love and how to do things, that's those are like six really key things. Eating right, getting to the gym, get the proper amount of sleep, meditate and focus every morning. I like to do it. Um, do things that you love and create boundaries for yourself in your life. Be able to tell people no. So those are six really important things. Make sure you do, and that is going to help you learn to self-love, learn to love yourself. Um, one thing that uh, I kind of had a discussion with a friend of mine not too long ago, and it was, do you think at some point that too much self-love is bad, right? So to where the point, like, where you almost don't want to meet anybody because you're just happy on your own, right? To where you don't even need to deal with anybody else because you are happier by yourself than you are actually letting somebody else in. And it's not necessarily saying like you're scared or you're not willing to be vulnerable, but it's just saying like you don't, you're not willing to give up the things that make you happy and doing the things that, that bring you the happiness in your life for, you know, somebody that necessarily doesn't. Um, so I think the, the answer to that question, if, I, if I'm being completely honest is no, no, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to be happy with who you are and what you're doing in your life. And if you can do that efficiently and effectively, right, you create these sort of uh, positive moments for yourself. You create this just nothing but positivity in the different things you do and the actions that you take and the way that you move through your life in the positive direction. Um, when you when you get to that point, you start to attract the right type of people in your life too, right? When you have your ability to say no to people that don't do things for you or don't fulfill you or lead you in the positive direction, right? Maybe they'll lead you in the wrong direction or they're preventing you from growing and moving in a good direction, right? You create, it's almost like creating a boundary, right? You're creating these kind of like boundaries for yourself that maybe you don't realize or totally understand at the time, but you, you are, you're creating a boundary for yourself. That's, that's keeping yourself on a positive road. And when you love yourself enough, you're, you're just turning away the people that don't do that for you. The people that don't guide you in that proper direction or in that good direction. So I, I definitely don't think that too much is a bad thing at any point. I don't think too much self-love is bad. Now there is self-absorption, right? Where the difference between self-love, self-love is being able to add positivity to others and have a positive influence on other people in your life and, and knowing kind of what you want. Self-absorption, you also kind of know what you want, but you don't have that regard for other people. You just, you do what you want regardless of their feelings and you don't care. So when I say getting in a relationship with somebody just to go through the pain and learn the lesson and do all the hard things, that'd be more like a self-absorbed approach to it. Whereas self-love, if you love yourself, you're not going to get in the relationship in the first place. 
because it would cause pain to not only you but to them and you can learn those lessons without going through all that pain on both sides of that thing so that there is a there is a difference between self-absorption and self-love steer away from being absorbed on who you are right have that compassion have that gratitude have that peace and and love the people you're around have that positivity to spread don't bring negativity or pain to other people just to do something to benefit you just to give yourself that positive feeling because that's never that is never never a good thing so with all this being said talking about all this stuff how do you know when you've actually been healed how do you know when you've been healed well an important thing to know is when you get to the point where you understand who you want to attract right that the people the relationships the positivity that you want to attract you have to know that you have to be able to be vulnerable with somebody again you know you've healed when you can be vulnerable again and i'm not just saying like you can share some crazy secrets about whatever but you are able to open up about things that make you cry that bring emotions to the table when you're having the conversation on that topic Um, when you are able to sit down with somebody face to face and you are able to open up to a level that it brings up so much emotion to you that you start tearing up or it's just incredibly precious that's when you know that you're at a point where you have actually healed from those previous relationships and you're ready to love again you're ready to open your heart and take the risk on either at workout or at not workout but either way i have to be able to be open in order to find out one way or another and i know girls can cry so don't use the crying thing as like the specific example because i definitely am not like somebody that's going to cry and open up when i open up about things i can definitely open up without crying but I know for girls, that's a perfect example of if you feel like you there's something so deep and so emotionally touching to you that when you share it with somebody, it is such a piece of vulnerability to you that it makes you emotional to the point where you break down and you start tearing up and crying. That's a perfect example of what it means because we can share information all day long and it's not necessarily mean we're being vulnerable. It may be stuff that we've shared with a lot of other people. But when you get to the point where you're sharing something specific with somebody, you're being you know yourself if you're being vulnerable in that state or not and if you can do that then you kind of know you're you've you've healed right you've gotten past it i don't think that you have to be over the other person right because we said earlier when i said you know you, you just you have to be with somebody that has a stronger you have a stronger connection with you don't have to be past them they could just be where the bar is raised to at the point and then you have to find somebody that's better in order to get past that last relationship So when I was in the marriage, I was at, we'll say the bar was at level one. And then when I met that second relationship, the bar went up to level eight or nine, right? So it went really, really high. Now, maybe that next relationship was, we'll say a seven and it was right below it, but I wasn't able to get past it because I wasn't shooting over the bar. I wasn't raising the bar. I wasn't moving on to that next level, right? And it's not like there's only a one through 10 scale. That scale is an infinite scale. So you can always grow. There can always be somebody that you can have a stronger connection with. You just can't settle or you can't get past somebody until you're below that. So don't think that's a level of indicating healing because it's not. That is just, you know, when you've healed, when we start talking about vulnerability and your ability to open up and trust your heart with somebody else. If you can't do that, if there is somebody that you feel like has hurt you and you still keep coming back to that and that is a reason or an excuse for you as to why you're not opening up with somebody new, then you have not healed and you still have some work to do on yourself before you can get into a relationship with someone. Very, very important. Awesome thing to understand, and I think super critical to make sure that you understand that. 
but I mean, all super big points, guys. Critical things to think about. Keep this one in your pocket. This is one of those episodes that I think I will even go back because these show notes are just absolutely paramount and it's not even like I got through everything. Jeez, there's even more I want to talk about. So guess what? We're going to have another episode. But um, just really, really important stuff. And I think you guys can feel it and that you understand it. And if you're able to listen to this stuff and really take something away, please, by all means, leave a comment, drop a like, share, especially follow on Instagram. Uh, the handle is fulfillment underscore podcast. Jeez, I could not get that out. Fulfillment underscore podcast on Instagram. And uh, we're on YouTube too. So if you guys want to follow these episodes, they're also on YouTube. Feel free to share this stuff with your family, friends, people that you think need to hear it. Make sure to drop a like, subscribe, um, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, as well as Podbean. So thank you so much, guys, for listening. We'll talk to you guys in the next one. See ya.